Hey guys, welcome back to the Black and the Beast podcast where we talk about the beauties of being black and the beast we deal with every single day. Today, we're going to get into a different type of subject matter. Uh, it's going to be something that I think might make a few people uncomfortable if you're not ready to have the conversation, but um, we're going to talk about fear. And I do have a guest on the episode this week. It's my friend Adam. We're extremely close and he is extremely wise. So you guys are extremely privileged to hear this man speak this week. Adam, you don't have to tell me anything about yourself. not yet Uh, but we're gonna get into the episode after a quick break and then you guys are gonna get to hear adam speak thank you guys for joining i do apologize it has been a couple weeks but like i said on instagram and on facebook mental health matters um just to be like a little more transparent i did have a covid scare that kind of made it to where i was like nah it's not really worth it or it's not a priority uh in regards to the podcast in comparison to everything else that was going on but this is us coming back so hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode and like I said thank you for joining all right guys welcome back so like I said this week's subject matter if you're not like ready for it because I think that If you're looking at it from a certain perspective, uh, you're ready to have this conversation. But from another perspective, you might look at it as something stupid or something that's redundant. But I think that like at least with 2020 and our experiences that we've had so far, that something that would be important to talk about along the lines of mental health is fear and what fear looks like. Because I think in the last few weeks of my life, I've seen it take many forms. And I think sometimes it's more or less perspective in how you use fear. So like I said, we do have a guest on the uh, episode this week. It's Adam. Adam, (laughs) how are you? Good. How are you, Kristen? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like with the spontaneity, uh, just kind of background, I literally called Adam about 20 minutes ago, if that, <laughs> and it was like, hey, I'm doing a podcast episode about fear. Do you want to hop on? He agreed to it because he's awesome. Uh, and I really feel like when it comes down to the spontaneity of the situation and the person that we have the privilege of speaking to today, it's a situation where it actually kind of works out that it was him who answered the phone and, <laughs> and hopped on the call because Adam is unique to me in the capacity of the fact that he is not from America and culturally we come from backgrounds that we've come to learn have a lot in common but to the average person if you don't sit down and have those conversations you don't you're not able to bridge that gap so I want to go into it pretty much with asking you a question Adam um, and I just want you to kind of explain to the listeners what what your perspective of fear is and then we can go from there. Yeah, thank you, Kirsten. And definitely thank you for all the comments. <laughs> <laughs> for me in the podcast. I mean, um, it, it's an honor. It's a privilege to be here today. And um, yeah, hopefully I will be delivering a added <laughs> value because that's always my objective. Whenever I have an encounter with any individual, any human being, um, if I'm not adding value, if I'm not making them happy, if I'm not having a positive impression, I prefer not to harm them, at least. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing that I would like to put here as a disclaimer, uh, every topic, every word, every concept that you may have in mind, from my perspective, is always subject to discussing, to talk about it, to share ideas, ask questions, challenge um, the um, assumptions, anything that you might be thought as like something sacred not to talk about, or that's how it is, uh, it's always a subject to discussion. Um, that's how, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's the start of having like an open mind, mm-hmm. and that's how you grow. Um, talking about fear as a perspective, um, from my perspective, feel well, I'll, I'll just put it here in two different buckets in here. Um, fear of something that exists, um, 
which is, uh, I would say, easy to talk about. And fear of something that is coming, like something in the future that may happen, it may not happen. It all depends on factors that we can control and factors that we cannot control. So um, I will talk first about this uh, fear of the future. So this one right here, I'm pretty sure like uh, we have different priorities. We have different um, issues that we care about. And uh, that, of course, is based on um, our background, our culture, where we grew and where we see ourselves today, where we see ourselves in the future, too. Um, we set goals. Uh, we set uh, for us challenges and uh, like thinking about like getting to where we want to go. There is always the possibility of what we call risk. Uh, these risks would be an issue if they happen, if they kind of like materialize and happen. Fear of something that might, might come in the future uh, or may not come, it all depends. So I'm happy to share with you an experience of something that today is not fear, but like I would say five years ago, yes, it was fear. Um, um, I moved to the United States back in 2014, summer 2014. And um, I came from Brokro, um, like across the Atlantic Ocean, North Northwest Africa, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the uh, thing that I was thinking of and that I was scared of every single day, and Kirsten, you may know about this too, because um, you know, I had the uh, opportunity to discuss this with you. Uh, the moment when I had to go and say goodbye to my family, when I'm saying family, is like my parents and my siblings. Mm -hmm. I was always looking forward to the next time I will come back and see them. So things did not happen the way that I was expecting. So the plan was okay will be in the United States for the period of two years um, so I can get the green card condition removed. Um, I, I came here through a K-1 visa, just so you know, so it's a spouse visa. And um, after I get the green card condition removed, then yes, I will have a normal green card. It's going to be easier to travel back and forth without any complications whatsoever. Again, thinking about this step that it needs to be accomplished for me is because I have a goal that, again, talking about goals that we were, you know, talking about earlier. My goal was something that, okay, I moved here, of course, to um, be together with a spouse. But at the same time, this is a growth opportunity for me as a person, as Adam. I've never been to North America at all. Never for a trip, like tourism, work whatsoever. That was my first time discovering a totally different world, different people, totally different from what you see in, like, you know, movies and, you know, shows and music and all this stuff. Because I believe that's just a facade. It's not representative of like, you know, American reality, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, so the fact that I had to wait for those two years to think about uh, the green card to be 100% without like conditions is there was a certain fear of, okay, if I decide to travel in the middle of that process of like getting condition lifted of green card, what could be the issue if I return back and customers would be asking several questions? What would be the reaction of one of the officers that, you know, according to the US law, they have the um, ability or they have the, the discretion to refuse admission as long as you're not a US citizen. So the only way you can be entitled to be admitted back to the United States is if you are a U.S. citizen. 
So even though you hold like green card, which is the permanent residency, you are to pay taxes, you are to pay for social security, for Medicare, and not entitled to say, okay, I need to be back to my city, to where I live. This is where my life is, this is where my spouse is. So nobody could guarantee such a thing. Okay, so at that point when it was almost to hit those two years when I had to reapply for like lifting the conditions, it was 2016 and uh, the United States Electoral College elected um, a president which himself put a administration with different people, different priorities. And one of the priorities was actually cracking down on immigration. So probably you don't know, but there is a um, different entity in the U.S. government called USCIS, United States Citizenship and Im Immigration Services. So this entity does not receive a dime from American taxpayer. All the budget of that entity comes from the fees that we applicants apply for to get our cases and our applications processed. So there was a person appointed on top of that entity and they had shuffled officers. They have a certain number of resources. So they had assigned a bunch of those officers so they can look at claims of people who applied for citizenship and lied, which is likely not going to be significant, but still it was a priority as like to show that, hey, we're delivering on this crack on the immigration or cracking down immigration, looking at people that became citizens, but they're not supposed to be citizens. So that ended up having less officers looking at our applications and the application that's supposed to take four months ended up taking more than a year. So I've been waiting for a year for that uh, condition to be lifted. And as soon as it hit like, you know, over a year, I was entitled to apply for the United States citizenship. So when I was talking to the officers, which of course it's difficult to get to, you know, have any kind of appointment there. Right. Um, yeah, you can apply for citizenship and uh, we're going to look at both cases at the same time. So ended up applying for citizenship, which in itself took another 15 months. Um, at that time of 2016, December 31st, my father passed away. So something I was not even expecting that the last time I said that goodbye to my father was the last time that I was taking all my belongings and moving to the United States. I never imagined that would happen. I was devastated. I was sad. And then another stronger fear developed, which is what if this is going to be taking more time and I'm not going to be able to see mom either, especially that I have learned mom was having cancer. So mm -hmm. after the calls, many times talking to our senator in the office, of course, we had one Republican, one Democrat. The Republican senator did not even bother to give back to me. The Democratic senator, at least, they were, that office were getting back to me and giving me information to where my case is that I couldn't get through the officers. The case took another 15 months, like I said. So let's let this do, let's backtrack a little bit on the timeline. So end of October, 2016 was the time when I applied to remove conditions for my green card. So at normal times, I was supposed to give back an answer end of January. So like three months, just about. It didn't take three months. It take more than a year. So all the way to end of October, 2017, I haven't heard anything about my green card. It was time for me to apply for the citizenship. 
I did apply for it. And then from 2017 all the way to December of 2018. So all the way till the end of 2018. That was the only that I've heard that notification about, hey, you're invited for an interview uh, with one of our officers of our citizenship. Okay, I got the invitation and my interview was scheduled mid-January. Scheduled the interview and then I got my citizenship ceremony scheduled mm -hmm. for February 24th. I was so ready to pack and get ready to go see my family. It's been five years, I haven't seen them. And unfortunately, February 14th, my mom passed away. So that moment that I've been looking forward to and that fear that was growing inside me, and I can tell you how many times I've been crying, I've been staying awake at night, I've been not, you know, like, you know, especially if you have, your environment is not 100% supportive. Yeah. Whether if they don't want to hear about it or they don't, they cannot relate to it. For it's some just reason, heavy. It was difficult. Mm -hmm. um, that moment will never come. It's gone. I'm not going to see my mom anymore. I'm not going to see my father anymore. So that return to go see my siblings was not with that happiness or that joy that I was looking forward to. And that fear that I was scared of every single day when my application was pending ended up happening like three weeks before I could go and see them. So think about fear as something that might create trauma for you, mm -hmm. especially if what you're scared of an event in the future may happen. Mm -hmm. Always think about if something happens, what you're gonna do if you will have if that if that instant happens. Think about that is it is going to be painful. Think about that time when it's still raw. It 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 is going to be painful. But also think about the fact that we have a resource that we do all have, I know like in terms of money, we don't have the same resources, mm -hmm. but the time we all have 24 hours a day. What we do of those 24 hours a day as individuals depends on us. So that's, that's on our control. Time will take care of not going to say like completely erasing your um, pain that you were scared of, you had fear of that pain, but still, that pain will just like become mild to a point that you will get, you know, get used to live with it. That's pretty much my perspective from this, you know, this section about like fear of the future. And I think that um, that's yeah, the important yeah. part, not to cut you off, but I think that's the important yeah. part about fear in regards to uh, like mental health, because that's really what that is. Fear in that's regards true. to Absolutely. the psychological aspect of it. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people look at fear and the capacity of it being weakness. And I don't think that when you, when you look at fear right now, I don't think that you should look at it in, in regards to it being a weakness. I think fear matters when you put it in perspective. So I think yeah. that what's important is that regardless, like you said, regardless that fear is going to exist, it might play out to be whatever it is. It might not. You're going to have that anxiety, but it's also what you cater to that that prepares you for whatever it's going to be anyway. You know that it's yeah. going to be there. So are you going to let that fear motivate and drive you? Or are you going to let that cause you to sink into a depression? Are you going to let that cause you to sink into something that you can't come back from? And that's, yeah, I think I mean, it's easy I, to do that. I absolutely agree with you 100%. Like, this, this, it's actually a good point because I forgot to, to say that during that time when I had in my mind that biggest fear that I'm not going to be able to see my mom ever again if this application takes long, during mm -hmm. that time, I was accomplishing many other successes, like in, from other perspectives, like professionally. Um, I worked on a large casino project in East Coast 
and I get praise from leadership of our company. I've traveled to many places. I've got to know uh, fine people like Kirsten. <laughs> so yeah, like always think about, like you said, like if you're going to let this fear consume you and put put you in a like you know the depression corner, that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think that it's yeah, also. Yeah. It's important, yeah. too, because like you said, you met awesome people who were there for you and who were capable of being there for you when that happened. Yeah. You had family here, too. You had a support system here, too. And if you cater to it differently, it's like you can't wake up like, OK, so, you know, me, Adam, and I always do yeah. this. But like I was raised in church. So when it comes down to my thought process, a lot of it, it, it is that. And I, when I look at fear, I think that if I had to relay it or or put it into a perspective of something that I would gain from church, it's that name your demon situation. Like you have to exercise that demon. I think a lot of the time when it comes down to fear, we don't want to recognize, like you said, what might come from the the, the unknown part of it, the mystery of it, the trauma of it. A lot. I feel like a lot of that is the fact that we won't name it. We won't say yeah. it out loud. We won't address it out loud. We won't tell people, hey, like, like for example, with me, uh, a big fear that I have is that I'm going to put everything that I have in me into this podcast, into the music that I do, into the different things that I'm working on outside of that. And then it won't become anything. But if I cater to that fear in the way where it it pauses me and it slows me down because I'm so focused on the unknown, I can't focus on the fact that, yo, I actually yes. do have talent. There are people around me that will support me. Like you can't focus on the the good in life because you won't name it. I can't, yeah. if you don't know that like I'm scared of being successful, you can't be like, yo, on days when you're low, you need to to lean into that. Let that fear drive you into doing something great. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, congratulations on your YouTube channel. <laughs> Thank I you. I put a subscription <laughs> this morning because I was scrolling through um, the Instagram page and uh, I just saw, oh, Kirsten had a new channel. So <laughs> yeah. All the songs that I've been, yeah, you posted them there. Congratulations. Thank you. And then, and then, like I said, for for me, I think it is. The closest thing I can relate it to is just like name name the demon. Like, yes. why are you afraid to name the demon? Because that's really what it is. Maybe you're not yeah. afraid. Like I had, we have a mutual friend, Ayala. She's been on the podcast before. And we had this conversation about skydiving. And I got to make this quick so we can go into a break. But we had a conversation about skydiving and we were at her cousin's house. And he he was mm-hmm. like, yo, you guys, you guys just need to go skydiving. You guys just need to go skydiving. And when I would like, when I thought about it in the moment, I'm like, certain things physically have the same feeling for people emotionally. People relive certain things physically or emotionally. So what if skydiving to me is jumping into a fear and not knowing what's going to come of it. And then once I face it, it's not bigger than me. Right. I have to tell her like, yo, we skydive every day. We just not jumping out of a plane. And I personally, <laughs> I have yeah. no urge to do that anytime soon. But that feeling, that risk to reward ratio that you aren't aware of, it exists in the capacity of skydiving when you think about facing your demons. Like you have to eventually at some point jump. This is life. Yeah. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep moving. And if you don't jump, then you're going to be stagnant. And then you can't meet good people. You can't be around great people. You can't have the opportunity to go places and do things because you're afraid to go outside. It gets that big. It turns into that. You can't live in that capacity. It's like you have to face that and you got to jump because life don't slow down for any of us. Yeah, and, and definitely I can relate to what, all what you just said, like through something that I'm going through today. <laughs> Yeah, and I need to jump too. It's just like waiting for the right moment. It so is. If there is any kind of impact, that impact is not going to be as damaging as you know. I'm, I'm fear. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm fearful of. So maybe I'm like, you know, maybe uh, I'm scared of something that does not exist. But that's so what it is. Again, 
Yeah, back to what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it's like it's like okay, so you know Anaya, like Anaya walks around the house singing this song from Frozen Two all the time, and it's into the unknown, and literally yeah. the whole song is about this voice that she that one of the main characters hears in the back of her head. No one else hears it, and she's she has this this urge to go towards it, but she also has this fear because what does it mean? This yeah. makes me feel different. What does this mean for me? And by the end of the song, it's where are you going? Don't leave me alone. <laughs> how can I follow you into the unknown? Because sometimes the greatest feelings, like how do you know what good feels like if you don't address what you think bad is? Yeah. Like you can't know what it is. You can't, you can't be happy. Like I just genuinely feel like you can't be happy if you don't recognize those moments where like you're weakened by something that is not in front of you. The it's a mouse to an elephant. Literally. Yep. You can crush this. You can literally look it straight in its eyes, call it a day, but there's just something in you. And I think a lot of the times it's like past trauma or or things that have been instilled in us by other people and their fears, but you still have it. And it's not it, and sometimes it's not your fault. But it's what yeah. do you do with it? But before we get back into the conversation, I do have to take a quick break. We'll be right back cuz this is a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for listening so far i hope you're enjoying if you are getting anything from it you know instagram you know facebook go ahead and let us know i'm gonna tag adam so you can kind of give him your feedback as as well and also you know sometimes we can inspire each other by inspiring each other and yeah, absolutely. That, that's how it works so we'll be right back and thank you guys for listening so far all right. Thank you guys for listening. Welcome back. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and jump back into the conversation. Uh, but during the break, we were talking a little bit more about fear. And then I'll, I'll go ahead and let, let you finish, Adam. But we can pretty much catch them up in, by talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was just telling Kirsten about, um, like, because she lived with me this experience uh, regarding, like, you know, me waiting for uh my readiness so I can go back and visit the family without having any complications or any issues regarding to the um, goals or the accomplishments uh, that, you know, I started building in the, in the United States. Um, the perspective of fear was not like one of the elements that Kirsten was thinking about. But I, I was just telling that I was feeling that, you know, fear every single day, every single day. I've been doing many other things. I was working, I was going to the gym, I was um, learning, like, you know, to do more things like baking or uh, cooking. Um, I was chit-chatting with friends. I was having drinks with Kirsten, with AOS <laughs> on. So, but at the same time, every single day before going to sleep, especially before going to sleep because that moment it just kind of feels like uh, you're doing a recap of what happened today mm -hmm. and getting yourself ready for tomorrow always have that feeling of wow redundancy to see that my father passed away without you know the last time i've seen him was like i didn't even think that would be the last time i'm gonna see him, see him. what if something is gonna happen to mom oh, oh my god i hope this is gonna take you know, this time, and I hope everything is going to be fine. At least I can go get and see her every single day. And that fear of if such a thing happens, um, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to handle that pain. It's going to be difficult. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just going to be like the end of the world. And honestly, when I say the end of the world, I mean it. Yeah. And honestly, there, there is nobody that's really like close to my soul as mom yeah and i can tell you every single day since she passed away there was no day that i didn't think of her and the only place where i see mom is in my dreams and i can tell you during those dreams i can feel like you know that energy from like you know giving her a hug because in some instances i see her and i talk to her 
But in some instances, I remember like for my first birthday since she passed away, like August 12th, 19, I'm sorry, 2019. That early morning, I was seeing mom like with the same outfit that she wears usually when she's in the kitchen. I was walking to her and she told me happy birthday. She gave me a hug and I could feel that energy that almost woke me up. But I didn't want to wake up because I'm like, oh, this moment, I, I, I wish I could hold this moment forever. And see, that's the only way I could connect with her. And I think that's what helps me continue life today. But I think and, that's uh, important. Yeah. And not even, <clears throat> and like I was saying, not to cut you off, <laughs> but yeah. I think that's what's important because, like we were saying before the break, fear, it's perspective and it's what it drives, yeah. right? So it's like when you cater to the darkness and the negativity of, or whatever looks like negativity. So you have this fear that you're going to lose your mom. When you cater yeah. to, am I going to lose her today? Am I going to lose her today? It takes away from appreciating every single moment that yeah. you have up until you lose her. Because regardless, right. you're going to lose her. That's yeah. literally the, the hardest part about life that we have to accept. You're going to lose a yeah. lot of people. God willing, you're going to age well, and that's just a part of life. But at the end of the day, if you live in that fear, you can't appreciate the people around you. And I think that is important for the fact that like, when you point out that you had the hard days, you had the yeah. days where that was the only thing that consumed you. And it was like, okay, I'm in yeah. a routine. This is redundant. I'm doing the same thing just because it's passing time, just because it's getting me through. Yeah. It's like you're catering to that fear in a way where now it's turning into the depression side. It's turning yeah. into the angst. Yeah, and your thought, Kirsten, like reminds me exactly of, um, I don't know how to say this, uh, like philosopher's name in English, because, you know, I did, I did like all my studies in French. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's from the ancient Greek, um, you know, time. So that's like, you know, almost 3,000 years ago. But it, he exactly said what you just said. Like, life is, um, is it will come to an end. Like, for every single individual, there's nobody that's going to avoid such mm -hmm. an end. It's like, okay, we're going to cease to exist from this world at some point. If you look at life as one portion or one unit from when you were born until you die, it looks like as a... Um, like you know like a fatal destiny you're not gonna really appreciate anything you're just gonna drop like you know in depression that's why it is important to look at life as a journey or like as milestones and appreciate the time between each two milestones together appreciate that time specifically and don't really think about life altogether as one unit from when you're born until you die because mm -hmm. we're all gonna die ultimately Exactly. It's like when yeah. you when you get to the point in life where you realize that the experiences and the, the moments, because it's if you think about it, it's very few moments. Like when you think about our history and the different times that we remember, it's like, yeah, we remember the small things when they're relevant. But there yeah. are very few moments where it's like, OK, on that day. <laughs> you conquered a fear. I was there. I saw it. <laughs> like, and that's the things that you want to appreciate. It's like when you, for for example, like we had a conversation not too long ago about like me posting something on Facebook that was really open. For me, in my perspective of it, like it was, it was, I think that I responded in a more of aggressive manner, but I think that it was just the natural response because I feel like in my history, for the people who know me, I have had certain things stifled. And so when it comes down to being able to speak and being able to address things, that actually was a fear of mine. So there was one day, <laughs> I think earlier this year, and you were there where a dude walks in a bar with a MAGA hat. <laughs> and there's the Kirsten, you're uncomfortable. Don't say anything. Wait. Don't be who you are because you can't change that. That's the one thing you can't change right now is who you are. You can behave differently, but at right. the end of the day, your heart is your heart. So if, if there's a yeah. fire in your chest that ain't going out just because you're smiling, like either yeah. you go, I'm actually intelligent. I'm fluent. 
I'm articulate, I'm eloquent in speech. What What's stopping me in this moment from being able to speak? Because it's not that I want to physically address anything. I just want to talk. For me, there are certain things in my life where my fear, my immediate fear has been saying something because what are the consequences of me saying what is truly on my heart? And what happens when other people react to that? When in all's actuality, just like life and death, they're gonna react regardless. They're going to react regardless. Those other energies are going to react regardless. Those other entities are going to react regardless. They're going to be there. So the way that I look at it, just as, for example, me putting a podcast where it's all my opinion and perspective for the most part every week or when I am doing it, it's am I going to be afraid of what might come from me saying something I can die by, not just stand by, but something that I can die by? Yeah. (laughs) Or am I gonna live like a thing with a tail with its tail between its legs, miserable, shaking in a corner, afraid to see light because this thing that doesn't really exist is consuming me and my life. Because honestly, most things don't exist. We give everything power, right? We give it power. (laughs) So it's like my demons, if I'm looking like I can honestly say that 2020, 2020 has been a testament. 2020, you've had to address the fear of death, the fear of illness, the fear of poverty, the fear of stress, the fear of just loss in general. It might not be physical yeah. loss. It could be intimate loss. You're stuck at home with a partner you might not necessarily want to be with, but you still have these attachments. Like 2020 in itself has been a testament to fear. (laughs) And when I look at it, there are times where I look at 2020 and I go, if I lived a social media life where everything looked like it was perfect and great, I would die. I would literally die because that's not the truth. (laughs) truth. It's not the truth. I feel the most important thing right now is for us to live in the truth. And in living in the truth, you have to name your demons. I fear COVID. I can say that I don't, but if you cough next to me, I'm gonna have a little anxiety attack, just naturally. It It's gonna happen regardless. You might catch COVID regardless. Things might happen. For example, you know, and I can speak on it. There's a fear right now that my kids might have COVID. Yeah. I haven't gotten the results yet, still waiting for it, but it's one of those things where it's like, that's a true fear. Because what happens if my three-year-old ends up in the hospital and only one parent can be there and I have two kids? (laughs) Like, what happens if I don't have room and I'm in a two-bedroom apartment? Like, that's a true fear. If I don't acknowledge that, then I can't call you and say, hey, I'm really afraid right now. I'm confused. I can't acknowledge that out loud. If I sit here, I'm going to be honest, I'm Black. And you know me, I don't care. I'll talk about it every day. I love being Black. But at the end of the day, there's trauma behind being Black. That's why the podcast is called Black and the Beast. There's true trauma. I am Black in 2020. I was watching the Say Her Name, speaking of 2020, I was watching the Say Her Name documentary on 2020. And it was just so crazy to me because by the end of it, I literally sat there and I thought, this happened this year. This didn't happen last year. This didn't happen two years ago. They were able to investigate, produce, go through a trial, come to a fuck-ass conclusion. All of that. And the year ain't even over yet. We're almost a month to the day from Christmas. (laughs) Exactly. But when you think about that, like, I'm Black. So a part of that caters to a fear. Now, for me, I'm the person that will take that energy and try to inspire and motivate people. For example, me having a podcast, being able to be vulnerable enough to say that in a comfortable setting. But at the end of the day, it's a fear that I have. Like, yo, I'm Black 2020. Yeah, I live in Vegas, but Henderson's down the street. And we just found out that they're just as bad as a lot of fucking cities and countries and counties in Texas. We didn't didn't know that effectively until about three years ago. 
Nobody knew that there was this whole part of somewhere so close to us where it's like, I kind of don't want to be there at night because the cops are still not shit. And so are the people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm black to the point where, like, like, there's a fear in the trauma of 2020 and just the fact that, like, out of nowhere, like, these black men are getting lynched and these black women are getting shot. And then the cops just don't give a fuck. And it's just infuriating because I'm black. So though I know I have rights and I know I can do whatever the white guy can do or the white girl can do, this just this fear. That the only resolution to me choosing to do the right thing or whatever I feel is most aligned to my heart will make me a martyr. Because that's what the fear is. The fear isn't, oh, the cops are going to beat my ass. It's they're going to kill me. Because if they just beat your ass, you're going to get a check. You want a check. It is that you won't make it home. That your kids won't make it home. That your mom won't make it home. I'm black. Every day, I have that fear when I walk into stores and like I keep my hands in my pocket because the cameras are always on. That's yeah. just what it feels like. <laughs> like when I'm driving my car and I see a cop to the right and it's like, oh shit, let me straighten up. Like I am afraid to exist in this country, literally. But I have to use that to exist in this country or I will die here. Literally. But 2020 has been a testament to that. Just in the fact that COVID and me being Black is scary in regards to experience. It's like, what do we do? You know? But the point of the conversation is like, with fear, I think it's turned more into, because I think like this, I think this this episode is really going to help people. Because more or less, it's really about how do you conquer fear? Or like, is it worth conquering fear? Do you conquer fear? Can you conquer fear? It's like, no, you just live with it. And you adult. (laughs) Like, you live with it and you adult. Because a a child can cry and hide and somebody come and find them. Somebody will look for a kid. They will go and look for you. Like, we are paranoid when we don't see them for 30 minutes. But nobody's going to go look for a crying adult. Somebody just calls you by chance. (laughs) like somebody just knocks on the door by chance. So it's like, how can you learn to live with fear so that in those moments that you are crying, fear doesn't dictate the resolution. Like what's going to force you to accept it in a way where it's like, I every day am going to have fear. I don't know what the fear is going to look like. It might be tomorrow. Like I like, 2020, I'm a parent. For some reason, everybody's talking about fucking child trafficking. It might be trafficking one day. It might be the fact that I got old negative blood and my mama taught me that if I get in a car accident, they're going to let me die. <laughs> it yeah. might be the fear of just a bee. <laughs> a bee might fuck up my day. It might be the fear that, shit, I'm going to have a, a bill that's too much come out of my account. And what the fuck do I do this week? <laughs> like every day there's going to be something. How do I live my life outside of the illusion of being able to not have that there, being able to be so strong that I can kill that versus accepting the fact that that, that thing, that very fear, that non-existent thing Low key, like, is what makes me great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it makes me the mom that I am because I don't want to see them hungry. I don't want to see them yeah. dirty. I don't want to see them small. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm going to make sure everything is above average acceptable, <laughs> even if it means me going without. I'm afraid. Yeah. For example, fear in the capacity of love. I am afraid to lose people like you. So I'm respectful enough to where if I know that my day is so bad that it might make yours bad, I will ask you before I give that energy to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't want to fucking call you one day and it's like, even though I know you're not this person, but like people you don't know, right? That's the whole idea of the conversation. You don't fucking know. (laughs) So it's like, I don't want to be the person that calls you one day and you're having a fucked up day. And then it's like, oh, she's selfish because she's only calling me because shit's fucked up on her side. And that's all we talked about today. So I'm done talking to Kirsten. It's like, wait, no, I can't. (laughs) It's not worth it. But because of that fear, I show you respect. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like and respect, respect is key. I mean, uh, I mean, not, not only when it comes to like this fear topic and how you handle your relationship with other people. Like you know, respect is like you know a great and uh, sacred concept. To to be honest, no, nobody's gonna tell you. Um, that they don't appreciate to be respected. Nobody, nobody will reject respect ever, mm-hmm. and the, which is unfortunately a um, like a rare quality. Uh, um, you're rarely going to find, you know, um, some people like you know with uh, the ability to respect, either like due to a lack of, I would say, education and awareness. Or sometimes done on purpose for another reason. And that probably could be a topic for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I could give it a third reason too, because I think yeah. that a thing that I would look at it as just in my evolution and how my perspective has changed so much since you met me. Like I think yeah. that like that could literally just people be people we have met so many people that are desensitized to feeling things and respect immediately garners feeling. And if you don't know how to feel, you don't care about how you make other people feel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I really think of it. I think of it in that way. It's like when it comes down to respect, honestly, I don't ever want to be disrespected truly. And yeah, like the, the definition of words kind of like change per the person, but it's like, I'm not trying to feel uncomfortable. And every time I feel disrespected, I feel uncomfortable to the point where I might lose control. And am I trying to give you that power today? (laughs) So in return, I'm just going to respect you because you're going to feel good. And every time you see me, we're going to feel good. And if we cross lines, because respect is the baseline, we have room to have a conversation because I know what is sure. in your nature and what is not in your nature. <laughs> sure. And again, the baseline is not sacred. The baseline also is subject to change. Mm-hmm. So uh, like the kind of topics or like, you know, the conversation that I would have with you back in 2016, like in uh, the first time we met, you know, in that part-time job, uh, would not be like at the same level for what we're doing today. And you know, Kirsten, I, I think like where we are today, I don't see like any boundaries between us in terms of like discussions. Anything that we would say, oh, I can't really think of any topic or any anything that I would say, no, I'm not going to talk to Kirsten about this. <laughs> it's not appropriate. It's like everything, everything now, okay, I'm comfortable talking to you about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's like, literally, I've never disrespected you in a way where it's like, you know that you'll say something and I, I have a knee-jerk reaction that, that's going to make you uncomfortable. It's literally yeah. respect. Like, I respect you as a human being. And with that, you know, like, I'm going to respect your humanity regardless. And we all yeah. do things, we all have reactions, and we all are, we all have the privilege of feeling. We literally all have the privilege and the right to feel things. So it's like, I think that that's what it is. Like we we have the platform because just like the point of this conversation, I'm not afraid of you. And I think that a lot of people will take offense to that, but it's like, no, I'm not afraid of you. I'm afraid to lose you and that's better. <laughs> that's a choice situation. I choose, <laughs> I choose this every single day. This is not, this is 100% consensual friendship, which means you don't have to like go what is this? It's like, if you think about it, when people fall in love and people have relationships or like intimate or not intimate, you don't care. Like your mom used the bathroom in front of you at least once. You have to, I got kids. Like kids literally grow up in the bathroom with their parents. You don't care. You ain't never paid attention to the smell. Like you never paid attention to how offensive it was. You literally just were happy 
that you were there because love <laughs> like for real and speaking of kids Micah just walked in here and like he just he's oh okay <laughs> like literally but I think that is a good place we could give like final thoughts though like at what is something like in regards to the subject matter because he's quiet right now but like in regards to the subject matter what is something that you personally from like okay from your heart feel like you would want to give the listeners in regards to the topic of fear hello yeah so i would say that fear exists it's not something that we can like deny or try to stay away from not gonna think about it will always come back like fear always exists mm -hmm. exactly like you said like you need to name it that that's a good start and always work on yourself not to let that fear take you away from many accomplishments that you can do because the time is the resource that we all have we all have 24 hours per individual and it's up to us to what we do of those 24 hours mm -hmm. if you have fear of a neighbor or of a certain ethnicity like if you have fear of me for example from where i'm coming from try to do like a step further and reach out create a human experience with people talk to people listen to their life to their experiences like real experience real life not what you know you're looking at in social media or like newspaper or stuff like that try like make you know a connection with people to understand how they live that feel can go away something that you're scared of that might be coming you know in the future or maybe coming like today or tomorrow same thing try not to make it take you away from focusing on things that will make you a better person that will make you grow you have the time to accomplish many things fear will always exist but always keep it in mind too because it would it could be like a great power that would push you to accomplish your goals or even exceed them that's, so that's my final thought about the subject matter today. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And that, you guys, is the episode. I'm going to throw some ads at the end of here, just some shout outs. And it's going to sound selfish because I'm shouting myself out this week. But <laughs> that is the episode. And I hope you guys do take something from this conversation because it's not every day that people have this conversation from an honest perspective. Even though we're all adults, we're all in different age groups, and we all have different experiences, come from different places. The conversation of fear in general, is it's not isolated, and we talk about it as if it is. So I hope that you guys actually do take something from this. And I do thank you for listening as per usual. And next week I will be back. I am not going to play you guys and say that I'm going to be back next week and not come back. I'm going to be back. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>